What's up guys, Josh here from the Rising Action Podcast. In today's episode, Grayson and I talk about some of our favorite animated movies and how some of them have changed the animated film landscape. We also discuss some of the worlds we've been exploring and accidentally review two video games. So stay tuned for all of that and more, and now I'm going to shut up and get into it with Grayson. All right, let's do this one last time. My name is Peter Parker. I was bitten by a radioactive spider, and for 10 years I've been the one, and only, Spider-Man. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved a bunch of people, fell in love, saved the city, and then I saved the city again, and again, and again, and again. And I did, a, uh, and I did this. We don't really talk about this. Look, I'm a comic book, I'm a serial, did a Christmas album, I have an excellent theme song, and a so-so popsicle. I mean, I've looked worse, but after everything, I still love being Spider-Man. I mean, who wouldn't? So no matter how many hits I take, I always find a way to come back, because the only thing standing between this city and oblivion is me. There's only one Spider-Man, and you're looking at him. Rising action. Rising action. Right, so should be good to go. I believe so. I just want my phone call. What do we actually know? Rising action podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rising Action Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Josh Johnson, and I'm joined by my good buddy Grayson. How you doing, man? I'm doing, I'm tired because we're recording this earlier than we ever have been before, but this is what we do to put out content. You know what? So this I'm deserves all the love because Grayson is right. I don't think I've woken up this early and probably ever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's probably true, but it's probably been a hot minute for you at least. It's been a while. I definitely have had no reason to be up this early and... Quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I but, feel you. I feel you. You know, the things we do for. I mean, for hey, fans. at least it's something we enjoy and not like, hey, I'm getting up at 6 a.m. to go to a dumb class that I don't like. Amen not, to that. Those days are over and done with, and I, I'm i the happiest me. of. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. I live with the pain. So this week, we are going to do something pretty fun. We're going to talk about animated movies. I love animated movies. We do love animated well, movies. Well, or just animation in general, really. Yeah. So Like, we're not narrowing it strictly to movies, because I feel like anima- animated movies and shows kind of all have a similar... I don't know if vision is the right word, but you know what what I mean. You can put them in the same vein, right? It's animation, so. Right. When we were conceptualizing this episode uh, a whole whopping, you know, 24 hours ago, we were kind of spitballing back and forth. It's like, should we talk about Disney movies or animation in general? And obviously this is not a Disney movies episode, so you can see how that went. Well, I mean, you know. They go hand in hand, right? Like they, they do a little bit. And as we'll see once we hop into kind of like the the birth, I guess, of animation, 
Disney does kind of play a, a pretty big role in it. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you get like, give like an overview of kind of like what we're going to talk about before we, before we hop into it and anything else you have left to say? Yeah. So, uh, how about right before we get, actually get into the episode, we can do, uh, our housekeeping items and right. Those would be that you can follow us on Instagram at rising action underscore. In fact, uh, while we're recording this episode, we're doing, uh, kind of like a explanation of nine of our favorite movies on Netflix on Instagram yeah. right now. So you can go on there and there will be nine videos on IGTV mm-hmm. on our Instagram page, hopefully in the next yeah. few days. And so that that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. We're trying to post some things on there. and That was a bit off the cuff as well. I was at the gym and he texted me. He's like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we did like a video explaining each one and maybe we could go back and forth. And because these are both, these are all movies that we both love a lot. Although I think one or two of them, I haven't seen myself. So obviously I passed the mantle to uh, Josh on those, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's should be fun. Yeah. Should be really, really fun. You can follow me on Instagram at Josh Johnson 98, and you can follow me on Twitter and letterboxd at Josh underscore J 98. Where can I I find you, Grayson? You can find me at Shradester8, that is S-C-H-R-A-D-E-S-T-E-R-8, on both Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd. All the above. Very good. Not Facebook, though. So, let's let's hop right into some animation. Um, I think the first thing that many people think about, and there is a reason for it, is uh, Walt Disney Studios. Uh, as you said, when we were, uh, like off, off air is the, the Mickey mouse. <laughs> yeah. The, the big old, the, you know, him, you love him. The mouse house. Yeah. I mean, literally owns everything, but I mean, they had, they, they came from humble beginnings. Right. And I think, uh, Disney, though, this is not a Disney specific episode. They've done a lot for the world of animation. And a lot of people would point to the 1937 release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs as the first feature-length actually animated movie. Um, they kind of kicked everything off. Yeah. And obviously things have changed quite a bit, but some of the biggest uh, landmark movies mm-hmm. in terms of animation and advancing animation as an art form, Disney has done them. Yeah. Um, at, at least they have been associated with Disney. Right. Um, uh, you know, we, I think so many people think of those classic, um, that, 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 like, which has become its own style now as well in terms of animation, but, but that classic kind of flip book drawing where it's like you hear kind of the reel rolling as it, as it's flipping and it's, it's still like silent. There's no audio and whatnot. Um, but it's from that like 1920s and thirties, uh, of like steamboat Mickey, Yes. And all of that, which has become like a huge style, I think, of the video game Cuphead, which yeah. took huge inspiration from that. Like it has like the the film grain kind of feel to it and like the kind of more ragtime sounding music. And it, it just it has this kind of unique style. But that, that was what animation was back then, because, you know, they were trying to make it incorporated with um, to parallel live action. But now that was just the, like the sign of those times. And yeah. Uh, you know, Disney animation has come very, very far as we've clearly seen. It's one of their, 
one of, if not their biggest department, um, for sure. Yeah. So kicking straight off, we each picked some movies that we kind of want to highlight as some of our favorite animated films, but also movies that we feel like are pretty influential um, Mm -hmm. in terms of animation. And since we're already kind of on a little bit of a Disney vein, I kind of just want to kick it off by talking about Tangled. Heck yes, dude. Heck yes. So yeah. when did did you watch Tangled when it came out, like in theaters? Did you do that? I don't... That's hard. So when did... Tangled came out in like 2008 or 9? Let's see. Uh, 2010. 2010, Okay. I feel like I did see it in theaters, but I'm not entirely sure. I just remember seeing it. If I didn't see it in theaters, I remember we got the DVD very shortly after it had come out. And I remember it being definitely one of my favorites. Not, I mean, I mean the animation is fantastic but what really spoke to me in that movie specifically was that it felt like a such like such a different take take on not only rapunzel but just Mm -hmm. on the disney princess genre in and of itself yeah because it wasn't like oh this cliche princess falls in love with this cliche prince and what you know and you see that that's what people think of when you think of um what is it sleeping beauty and snow white and cinderella those are kind of the 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 cliches of those and before tangled the little mermaid was always like and yeah. still is one yeah. of my favorites i i you know some people are huge aladdin people some people are huge uh um you know everybody has their favorite like disney princess movie but undoubtedly this may be a hot take but tangled is my favorite disney princess quote unquote um movie of of you know that archives or that catalog yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one, bud. Um, I know It and Frozen are probably two of the more major Disney princess releases by Disney. You, hold on, pause. When you said It, I legit thought you meant like It by Stephen King. And I was no. like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I knew you meant Tangled. I was just like, yeah. ah, yes, Pennywise the Dancing Clown, my favorite princess. <laughs> if anybody who is a talented artist out there, if you got, if you could make a Photoshop of of uh, Pennywise just hanging out with all the Disney princesses from the scene in Wreck-It Ralph 2 when they're all just chilling out like I'd love you forever but That'd be you know incredible yeah anyway continue I apologize <laughs> yeah so uh, Tangled and Frozen I think are considered by many to be kind of like the landmark Disney princess movies I know they're not like the original uh, like Disney movies that are no. princess movies but they're like big budget uh, super high production value movies, um, yeah. which is why I, I would say they're like landmark movies and Tangled specifically. Now, I, I'm not a huge fan of Frozen. Frozen is Same. just okay to me. Maybe it's because it was so overplayed and become such a cultural phenomenon. I don't know. Right. But Tangled to me, for there's many reasons why I like it. Um, so it was the first uh, 3D animated Disney princess yes. movie. Not not Disney movie, but it was in like, I believe the one before that was, um, I actually don't remember what Disney princess movie came before Tangled. While you're speaking, I'm going to look that up real quick. Yeah, so <clears throat> Tangled for me, I there's several reasons why I like it. One of them is Zachary Levi is... Oh, what a man. 
I mean, he's just voice acting, but I feel like Flynn Rider is Zachary Levi. Like, oh, they are absolutely. the same person. Um, so that I, I love that so much. I love that character. Um, I really like the animation style. I like the story. I, it just kind of felt like everything that was good about Disney in mm-hmm. that movie. And it didn't have any of... I, I don't know. It just worked. I don't know how to describe exactly what happened other than props to Disney. Because whatever they wanted to do, it panned out. Um, but the other reason why Tangled is really cool is... It is probably one of the highest budget movies ever made. And you would not think it would be What is that. the budget? The budget was $260 million. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. And there's a Did reason for that. Did not know that. There is a reason for that. Because for the making of Tangled, they created a program that would individually animate every single one of Rapunzel's hairs on her head. To make Rapunzel's hair. Good God. That would just destroy some computers right there. Yes. Like, they must have had some serious processing power for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, not only did they have to animate, like, the rest of the movie, but just doing Rapunzel's hair cost them millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And the creation of that software. Which is why it took them forever to make it. Um, I don't know. I think it took... Shoot, how, how many years did it take to make this movie? I think it was four or five. Yeah, I mean, that would add up. So I'm looking at the timeline of Disney princess movies, which they have, I have thankfully found a list on DisneyMoviesList.com because we know there are some hardcore Disney fans out there. Um, and not, see, I'm not counting all of these like sequels that they did to like the already existing movies cause, because usually like, more than likely those are nowhere near as good as the original or are usually just straight to DVD. Like, Oh, let's, you know, sell some, get a quick buck. But yeah, before tangled was the princess and the frog, which was 2d animated and like one of a kind, because I don't, they have not done any 2d animated Disney princess movies since then, which I feel is kind of tragic, but you know, that's besides the point we're talking about tangled before the princess and the frog, the first Disney movie, Disney princess movie, or the last, I should say, was in 1998 with Mulan. So that was it 3D t- animated or 2D animated? Mulan was 2D animated. Okay. So it so it took them 11 years to get out The Princess and the Frog, which was 2D animated, and then a year after that was Tangled, and then obviously you know we've gotten we've gotten Brave, which was an, which was Pixar, which was actually kind of uh, also different. And then we got Frozen and then uh, Moana, which I also think Moana is is really good. I think it's better than Frozen personally, but I kind of would agree with you on that one. Yeah. Um, But man, the budget though, that's yeah. $260 million because it's essentially two movies worth of uh, production because Um, not only did they have to make the movie, they also were in talks to make several other movies at the time. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening was that, uh, Disney Pixar kind of reconfigured Disney animation. Mm -hmm. Um, so they basically scrapped the initial film that they had already made. And so in this whole process of making Tangled, there were some uh, studio changes, if you will. 
yeah. which kind of contributed. So they essentially made two movies. And so was on this... top of all that, they built a 3D animation engine so that they could actually make it. So was this at the time when Disney had acquired Pixar? Like when they had, or was this like... I'm not sure exactly when they, I, I don't know. Because, that, because for a long while, Pixar was not like, they were right, licensed they were under Disney, but they were separate, right? Like they yeah. did their own things. And obviously, you know, Pixar, which uh, unfortunately we're not going to talk about Toy Story. And I'd love to, you know, if we do, ever do a future episode on like, on great oh, yeah, uh, animated movies or maybe just Disney movies in general, which I would, would be considered that Toy Story was huge for computer generated uh animation yeah um but i'm wondering if the original tangle do you know if it was always intended to be uh you know cg if it was going to be 3d or was it was it always was it originally going to be like a 2d movie until they you know swapped it around you know i think it was always going to be 3d animated okay um but there were some here we go Here's a little article. I think it was going to be like a um, a painted kind of aesthetic initially. So it was going to oh, be a okay. little different. I could see that. If Well, I mean, I guess the maybe the plot had changed or... Yeah, the, movie, the movie changed. But they also reanimated a lot of it because I think yeah. once they kind of like decided how they wanted Disney animation to go forward, mm-hmm. um, I think they decided that uh, a new look per se was going right. to be the way to go. Okay. And I think it really worked. <laughs> oh, I oh I oh I totally dig it. I I mean, I first and foremost like the biggest thing with animation is that it you know allows you to have all this like a lot more lightheartedness, a lot more color, um things that you wouldn't be limited by by yeah. You know, at real actors, real costumes, and and obviously you can still have that style. Like I'm thinking of other movies that have very vibrant styles, but I mean, Tangled's animation specifically really attributes to the world that they're in. Like it's yeah. these lush greens and yellows and golds and like royal um, like purples and reds. It's like it it really pops and it just the characters also are so much like they're just enhanced by like, I mean, I think they inevitably they made a, a 2d animated tangled show, which uh, after the fact would actually ended up apparently being quite a hit, which I had never seen, but, um, and they still tried to keep it in the vein of like, well, let's try to make it 2d, but still fit with the aesthetic of the 3d. And I think they did a pretty good job, but with the 3d specifically, it was just, I remember like, I felt like it was a world that I could probably like actually walk into yeah. You know, yeah. and like, and that was what really gave it that just u- unique edge. And the characters felt real, even when they, they were like, so good. Yeah. So I, good. I, was, I was telling Josh last night, um, I was like, there's a reason Flynn Rider is my favorite Disney character. Um, I'm like, he, because he, I think he was kind of the start of like those roguish characters that I've always liked. Cause I've always liked Han Solo and stuff, but they were never my favorite. Um, right. And, and it was also because, like, they were kind of this man's man, where Flynn Rider's, like, he's not really this, like, he's a main, he's a pretty manly dude, but he's not, like, like this hardcore, like, man's man guy, right? Like, he's kind of got, like, this goofy, aqua- like, quality to him. Yeah. And, and it just works so well. And it's the same thing, like, they... I don't think they like totally break the norms of, you know, what a Disney prince and princess should be like. 
they do flip it around because it's like, well, she's a princess and he's not really a prince, but he kind of, you know, yeah. uh, he kind of falls in love with her. But even then, she's like, she doesn't even realize she's a princess. They totally, like, change, like, it's not even, like, really the plot of Rapunzel because it no, feels... not even... If, not even at all it's so loosely adapted it's like here's rapunzel she has long hair she lives in a tower she lives in a tower yeah Yeah. those are the only three things that are remotely similar i love it she's got like a she's got her pet lizard or her pet gecko and then uh uh what's the name of her mother uh mother gothel mother gothel okay yeah yeah Uh, and she was a really good great villain yes i love her um, I love the aesthetic of the the kingdom in that movie, which I believe is car- called yes. Corona. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, which is, but it's everything from like the flags to the guards' yes. armor. I love, to, like, I love the, the sun, like the yes. sun aesthetic and everything. Yeah. It's so like that's what I was saying with those like uh, that golden color, right? When she finally goes to that city and there's like. You know, oh man, and the city like when the the lantern festival oh, that yeah. they have, I was that like, was incredible, oh, so good. I remember watching that, and being like, "How in the crap is this happening in a Disney yeah. movie?" I was like, yeah. "This is way too good." Yeah, and plus, I mean, it has some awesome songs in it too. I love when they go, they, it does. like when they go to the tavern, and you think it's all these oh, again, yeah. these like the just, ugly like, duckling tavern. Y- yes, and it's like they're all like these saps, you know. I'm like, I love this. I love yeah. this so much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Tangled's great. I feel like Tangled we probably should really move good. on to something else because we'll probably talk for Tangled for way too long. Yeah, hit me with one of the ones you really want to talk about. Um. I was trying to remember the three that I chose. What did I choose? Uh, oh, okay. You know what? Since we're on this vein, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw it out there. I was going to start with, with one that's very near and dear to my heart, but actually I have to talk about this one. It's good old Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> I love Shrek. Anybody who follows me also on Comic Blast, you probably know that I love Shrek. I love the entire franchise, except Shrek 3 is arguably the worst, but that's a debate for another day. Um, I think Shrek was also really huge for animation, because if you think about the the um, heavy hitters in um, animation, yeah. it's like, it's Disney or slash Pixar and DreamWorks. Like, Mm-hmm. Dream because DreamWorks, you know, uh, a movie you'll end up talking about very soon. Sorry to spoil it, but How to Train Your Dragon. Um, yeah. That they uh, DreamWorks also did that, and they also pioneered a lot of um, advancements in um, in their animation. And the first Shrek, but I, I think with each Shrek movie, it gets better and better. Like you can see, and it's the same thing with a lot of those other movies where you can watch the first one and then you get to the more recent one and you can see how far the, uh, how far the CG has come. Right. Um, but they have still managed to, well, there's something interesting about the Shrek movies where, I, and I noticed this cause I remember a couple of years back, I watched all four of them in a row, like, one each back night to back to back. not back to back to back but each night okay. i'd watch one shrek movie so i was like all right shrek one the night shrek two tomorrow night shrek three after that shrek four after that and i remember there there is a point where the styles the the style changes because the from shrek one mm-hmm. to shrek two it mildly changes but the the biggest thing is that the people change and i remember the, mm-hmm. the biggest thing is like 
So rump so hot so for anybody who doesn't know, cool little Easter egg. Rumpelstiltskin is in the first Shrek movie, and if you know, he's uh, the villain in the fourth one. He looks totally different. He's a totally different character. Like, I also believe the Pied Piper is also in there, and he looks totally different. And if anybody knows, the Pied Piper Piper is a bounty hunter in Shrek 4 who has, like, this awesome flute he can control people with. So sick. It's so sick. Listen up. Listen, they knew what they were doing with Shrek, all right? I know it's this huge meme, and, like, I love it for that. But, like, genuinely, like, <laughs> you know the scene in I Am Legend where he's, like, to- he's reciting all of Shrek. When he's like reciting Shrek, scene, yeah. And he's like, I like Shrek. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> that yeah. is me, because my dad and I, we constantly quote Shrek to one another. And it's just, I love the take of it being kind of like this this fairy tale world but also just kind of like what if we kind of not modernized it but like they acted like modern characters yeah. like like lord farquad interrogating uh Gingy in a in like a, yes. in a or whatever or like the i love like the american idol like pick thing of like the 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 mirror is just like with princess number one we have and it's like yeah it perfectly my lord <laughs> yeah it blends like pop culture and the whole like fantasy sword and sandal kind of yeah, thing together exactly and i think that was kind of one of the first that really did that where it yeah. was like let's take some creative liberties because the first Shrek was like 2000, I think. Um, and man, I let's see. I'm curious what the budget and everything was on Shrek. Because for anybody who also doesn't know, Shrek was actually in a, uh, a storybook before it became the movie. But obviously they drastically changed it because uh, I believe they kept the... Okay, sorry. Shrek 1 was 2001. Okay. It made four hundred and eighty-four million dollars at the box office. Goodness, uh, um, which pretty big at the time, considering this was nineteen years ago. Um, and I don't know. Let's see. Will the budget please stand up? Uh, it only had a budget of sixty million, so it it grossed a lot. Um, yeah, that that grows quite a bit. Yeah, like with Tangled, uh, it it made like six hundred million, but also mm-hmm. the budget was two sixty. So, so so Shrek sp- made more money than Tangled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, I mean, it obviously hugely shaped the, our generation. I mean, we it really we grew did. up with Shrek, and I know people. There's people who definitely think it's it's dumb, and, and yeah, to an extent, it is kind of dumb. But like, you compare it to most animated movies today that aren't Disney, and it's like, and it's it still stands out there as one of like the top like people love Shrek. Like so I don't... what's this is the real question here. What's your favorite Shrek like meme? My what's favorite? your favorite? Oh, yeah. Don't don't make me. I don't know. I don't want to say that one because 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 <laughs> it's I, although that one is pretty funny. I like the. Is it Shrek is love? Shrek is life? No, no. I, that is not. Uh, uh, I don't want to speak of this in my Christian household. <laughs> Uh, although that one is pretty funny. No, I love, uh, <laughs> there's one and it's like an animated thing and I can't get into all of it because it's, it's very, very, uh, rated R and, uh, <laughs> but like just in terms of swearing, yeah. but he's like, he's like, 
<laughs> he's basically saying that Donkey like smells terrible. He's like, get out of my hut. And he's like, he's like, you got your donkey stank all over my Xbox, my Shrek box, and my Shrek box. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry, Shrek. Here, have a cookie. And he gives he like he's like Mmm, I love cookies. <laughs> and he, he eats a cookie and it's gingy and he's like, he's just like, ha, you're poisoned. I have E. coli. <laughs> it was like, I was like, what is this? I was like, and then also there's just all the Gary's mod memes of, of just Shrek just being totally creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I just, Shrek has also shaped meme culture in a huge way. Sh- Shrek, honestly, okay, so. What a celebrity. I do like the movies. But I think Shrek as a meme is almost more influential than even the movies yeah. are. Because our entire yeah. generation, we we grew up with the movies, but we really grew up with these memes. Yeah. And most of them are terrible, so we can't really recommend them, but they're <laughs> oh, freaking <it's>, funny. <laughs> most of them are either hugely potty humor or just yes. like just dumb, like, what did I just watch? But, yep. you know, may, that's just who I am, you know? Yeah. So yeah, Shrek. So why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about some of the worlds we've been exploring. So, Grayson, what worlds have you been exploring, bud? Oh, man. Okay, so if anybody did not know, uh, there's a little game, a little indie game. Um, called The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, it's super. It small. came out. Yeah, it's it's made by a very very niche publisher. Been working on it for like seven years. It's the, only the sequel to like one of the most beloved video game uh, entries of all time. Yeah, I beat it. Uh, I uh, completed it. At, I completed it like two or three days ago. Yeah. Um, I intentionally took off or not took off work i was not able to take off work but i skipped the gym a couple of times because i really wanted to beat it before i um got spoiled yeah because it is a it felt weird because i have not played a game this long in quite some time uh the last game at which compared to a game like red dead redemption 2 which is the longest game i've ever played in terms of single player story which is also one of my favorites um Red Dead 2, it took me about 90 hours to complete, which is crazy. But I remember, I feel like I I feel like I beat that so fast, but I think it took me like two weeks because I was playing it all the time. Um, Last of Us Part 2 took me about 30 hours, I'd say. And my God, it is one of the greatest games I have ever played. Really? It is, it is for anyone, uh, in, listen... Even if you don't love video games, people should play The Last of Us 1 and 2. And if they haven't. And so, there, so there's a lot of controversy going on with this game right now because basically there was some leaks that happened and people got really, really mad about certain choices in the story. Yeah. And there is this huge backlash on the, the plot of this story because, like, spoilers, the main, the, the main character, she's lesbian, the one there's another character that is quote unquote trans um not legitimately but they you know they they identify as a guy mm-hmm. and so people are like this game's so political and blah 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 and i'm like it's really not you should play it because most yeah. people who are hating on this game have not played it at all and it's 
it's so, those those details are so like are they kind of like that uh, it doesn't almost like tertiary de- de- uh, details where it's no, like yeah they're aspects of the human being but they don't kind of like it's not like in your face where it's like ooh this is now a you know they don't the they blank. make it they make it so seamless to the story like yeah. I, I mean it doesn't like it, it didn't phase me in the slightest like I, I'm like I don't I don't know why people think this ruins the story at all. Right. Like I was so emotionally connected to these characters and this story and this world. Like it is, it's also just one of the most unique stories I've ever played because Neil Druckmann, uh, one of the main writers and the creative director of this franchise, he just had such a set vision and like he is on par with a Hollywood level director. Like mm. he, they just, I mean, they listen, they filmed this game and worked on this game they filmed the game for five years because because they do like they actually do real motion capture with the actors and whatnot and the voiceover. Five years, right? That's this crazy. is this is like this is like ten times the work on a regular movie. Oh yeah, the, for sure. And like you know, if anybody who doesn't know, the budgets on video games are far higher than any than most movies because of how long they take to make. Mm-hmm. But for anyone who is skeptical on The Last of Us Part Two absolutely play it it's the gameplay first of all is is incredible but i was so struck by the story and i just i just adore this game like there was a there was a moment and this is not a spoiler or anything there's a part where uh there's a couple parts in the story that make you like either just drop your jaw or literally like you just pause the game and you get up and you're just like oh my god like because like you are just so connected to the characters and i don't want to get into spoilers because there's some twists and turns in this game that you should absolutely experience for yourself but i remember there was a moment in the game where i'm on a boat ride trying to get to a place and i get stopped by uh one of the enemy factions in the game and they Mm -hmm. start opening fire and, and i take cover on like a bank and and so it, the the game is set in Seattle um, in a post apocalyptic world. If anybody who doesn't know The Last of Us, and there is a monorail uh, that's like basically has broken, and the train is like touching the ground hit on this little like okay. mound of dirt. I pull the boat up on that mound of dirt and take cover, and I go up through the train and climb up, and I have a hunting rifle, and they kind of lose track of me, and I remember. I was, I got up on top of the train. I had to throw a rope out of a window or over the top of a window and climb up it, get up on top of the train. It is, it is pouring rain. Like there's this huge storm for anybody who doesn't know Seattle, Seattle rains all the time. It's I'm up there laying prone. I'm already hurt a little bit mm-hmm. and I start picking off these guys one by one and they're like trying to hit me, but because I have the advantage, like I have the high ground, uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they can't hit me. Right. And I remember just being like, it was so intense though. Cause I had a limited amount of ammo and I'm like, I'm picking these off, these guys off one by one. And finally, like I, I, I took them all out and I was like, that was just such a cool moment to me. Like it felt so cinematic. Like I could literally, I could envision just like me filming this or like seeing this. Uh, it just, oh man, yeah. Last of Us Part Two. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end my rant because we have more to talk about, uh, and I'm curious to see what you've been up to. But yeah, that's the, that's the main one um, that I, and I'm, I'm gonna go back and play it a second time. I'm gonna start that's my second awesome. playthrough. But yeah, it's just. Uh, I'm so glad I put the time and effort into playing uh, the starting and playing this franchise because 
there is a significant reason as to why it's one of the like greatest um, video game stories ever told. Yeah, I've heard a lot of really good things about it, and the hype around Last of Us Two is insane. Yeah, um, it's pretty it's pretty cool that they were able to make a sequel, and I think a lot of people consider it just as good, if not better, than the first one. Mm-hmm. And oh, um, yeah. that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, some of the things I've been doing is I am almost finished with Kings of the Wild. I think I have about a hundred pages left, and it is really good in fact i think you would love it yeah um it's a lot of uh, i don't know like it's very different fantasy like it's extremely Mm -hmm. current modern fantasy um it's really cool there's a lot of characters in it that are extremely likable yeah um it's got a lot of heart um it's really well done it's a great book yeah Um, i'm excited to check it out because i just it definitely appeals to me. Yeah, you definitely need to read this book. It's fantastic. Uh, another thing I did, and you will appreciate this, is I started playing Dark Souls 3. Ooh. That's... Okay. For anybody who isn't familiar with Dark Souls, Dark Souls is a wonderful world to explore, but to to understand the story of that game, you have to do so much digging and so much... Uh, put so much effort into it yeah so i was introduced to dark souls 3 and i'm gonna make this this tangent quick but dark souls 3 is one of my favorite games of all time um but i was introduced it by a couple of friends and i remember playing this and i was like dude what is the plot to this game i was like i'm like i'm like i have no idea what's going on and he was like he was like that's how most souls games are like you're playing it and you're like i don't know what's happening all of the lore is in like the items, like the rings and the armor, and like you, like you have to read it. And people, okay. there's people who are religious and like, make, like I mean, like I say religious, but like it is, they're so much a part of them to f- decipher the plot and figure it out. And so now, like people know the story of Dark Souls very easily now. Like you can go find videos like explaining the plot of each game individually. And it's because people went out and like made it an effort to like, I mean, there's an opening cutscene and there's a cut, like there's boss fights, like, and so you, you piece everything together and yeah. it becomes this really, really interesting story. And there's these characters that you end up feeling really sad for, or just that you really hate. Um, so the, the way they do it is not traditional and at all, but needless to say the, uh, you're going to love the aesthetic and the yes. different, biomes and armor that's in dark souls because it's such a it's like a it like combines great things about like medieval fantasy but also like japanese fantasy yeah in like such a really cool way that a little bit yeah yeah it's really interesting um because it's extremely difficult and i thought that that was gonna be something that i was gonna not like about it Mm because normally when i play video games i don't I kind of approach it very differently. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm playing the game to relax and a game that's not going to allow me to relax. I felt like I'm not going to like it. Yeah. But the payoff of beating a boss is yes. so awesome. Like oh, I yeah. beat the first boss and I was talking to one of my friends that I game share with and he was telling me that the first boss is ridiculously hard for no, I don't know. Like, it's just really hard, the is first it, one. Was it Gundir? It was Gundir, yeah. Okay. How many tries did it take you? 
it took me like six. Okay, that, but see, that's like that's about average. Yeah, like, like like at least like for me, I think that one that boss took me about four or five. Yeah. Um. Once I figured like, out how he moved, I could get it. But like the first time, I I walked oh, up yeah. and I was like, I don't know what's going on, and he just wrecked me, and I was like, Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that's the thing. And I mean, I'll, I'll say this: my experience with Dark Souls three is definitely a lot more interesting because I there was many, many bosses that I beat on my very first try. Um, and, and my friends got, they hated me for it because they were like, this is so unfair. Like this bot, like I remember I got to this one set of uh, bosses. It's like, there's two of them. Um, Cause there's, there are times where you will fight multiple enemies in one boss fight. Oh my uh, Lord. But I got to this one set of enemies and it's one of like the, the Lords of Cinder uh, or something like that. Lords of the Fallen, I believe. And I remember I beat like I was on the Xbox party with them and I was like, so was that it? And they were like, what do you mean? Is that it? And I was like, it said what well, says I beat them. And they were like, you be, they're called the abyss washers. And they were like, like, they're all dead. And I'm like, yeah, there is there more to this? And they're like, they literally went what the F dude. And they were like, they're like, do you know how long that boss took me? And I was like, Sorry about it. Like, yeah. like I, like I hate to be that guy, but like, but now I won't. I will say, but just like, yeah, don't don't get cocky. Just play it casually. You know, yeah. don't don't throw your controller at the screen, um, because that's childish. But just let yeah, learn how the enemies play out and stuff, and you're gonna love that game. Like I remember, like I, the summer I played Dark Souls three, I spent so many hours and lost so much sleep like it was one of those games that like yeah I, it had been a long time since i had been that addicted to a video game because i was just like i just want to keep on going man like yeah there's something about it that keeps drawing you back into it because the payoff like it's so difficult but the payoff is so good yeah and i really thought it was not gonna be and seeing your character like you know getting this new armor and upgrading yeah. their stats and whatnot and being like like, cause my guy, like, I need to send you a picture of my guy at some point. He Please looks do. sick. Um, he, like, I love him. He's like this, uh, oh man. Yeah. I'll send you a picture of him. He, I, like, yeah. I've, we, we give all of our characters like backstories and everything. Mm. And like, we, 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 like we give them legit character names. I gave mine and, a character name from my book. Oh really? Yeah. That's sick. I dig yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I was just like, you know what? You're going to be from the book because but I don't feel like making up a name. My favorite story in that game before we, before we move on is I finally, I think a couple months back, I went back to the game and there there's a boss in one of the DLCs. He is, his name is dark eater Madeer and, uh, <laughs> or, what or, a name. And well, he's a gigantic black dragon. That's oh, like, God, that like, He's like, I don't know, like, he's like the size of like a football stadium and like, <laughs> and I, that was one, that's one boss that like, you almost just cannot beat by yourself unless you just, I absolutely want to die. He's like the hardest boss in the game. And so I was like, I, I'm like, I have no shame in that I have beat every boss in this game by myself, except for like one, which I used as my get out of jail free card. Uh -huh. None of my friends have beat this boss by themselves. I'm just going to summon some people to help me out because it has co-op in it. Right. So if you ever need, ever need some help, let me know. Yeah, for um, sure. But I summoned in 
Jesus Christ himself. What? There, there was a guy literally who's just Jesus. He's wearing all white robes, has a crown of thorns. He and he literally he is a ble- he is a uh, <laughs> I, what is it? Oh God. He's one of the magic based builds, but basically he shoots out light. And Dark Eater Medir's uh, <laughs> weakness is light. Dude, this Jesus killed this dragon for me. And I remember I was like, I, and so what happened is I I died the first time, and then he, yeah. he, I summoned him again. But it was also funny because there was another guy who literally his name was censored, like it was just all asterisks, like because you can put in swear words as their name and it'll censor it. And he was wearing like all black with like horns and stuff, and I was like, "Wow, I have Jesus and Satan helping me beat this dragon." <laughs> I'm like, "What a what a freaking time!" And I'm just sitting there, just like, I I was like, "This is the best," and they beat it, and I was like, "That's wow, incredible." This is where faith gets you. So now Jesus we have given video game. two game reviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Play Last of Us Two and play Dark Souls Three. Indeed. So uh, let's hop right back into it and continue talking about animated movies. I really want to talk about uh, this movie real quick because this is my favorite of all of these movies we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, dude. It's just... Why waste time? Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. So I figured, yeah. This is, so this is a movie, admittedly, I have not seen, but I've always wanted to see. Oh, because my it, goodness, Because the dude. animation is com- incredible. I, what is the, the studio that does this? Because they did Isle of Dogs as well, right? Correct. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'll look it up. But okay. um, it's stop motion animation. Yeah. And it's so cool because it's stop motion and miniatures. Yeah. And that's essentially it. That That is such a huge part of animation as well. I think of movies like Coraline, um, which I, I think they also did, maybe? I feel like that's they very might similar. have. I don't know. It's produced by uh, Laika. L-A-I-K-A. Um, let's see. No, I... That doesn't not sure. seem right. Okay, so Coraline, definitely. No, this is the book. Don't want the book. I would like the the movie. Um, we're just on top of it today, boys. Anyway, it's produced by this smaller company called Laika, or L-A-I-K-A. Mm-hmm. And the guy who directed it, that was his first foray into the directing world. And wow, holy okay. crap. Yeah, so... It's interesting that we compare it to Isle of Dogs because that is a Wes Anderson movie. And he is a legendary director. And it's really cool that a movie like Kubo, which honestly, it just feels like a small indie house passion project. Yeah. A movie like that gets compared to a Wes Anderson movie or even, you know, spoken. This is Travis Knight. uh, In the same names as. Do what? It was directed by Travis Knight. Yeah. That's incredible. I didn't know that. I did not know he directed this movie. I honest to God don't know who he is. Travis Knight directed Bumblebee. Oh. And he was going to direct uh, before I think he signed off or before he decided he wasn't going to do it. I think he was going to do the Flash movie as well. Like, he got really, really? big. Like, basically, what, I, what I'm understanding is Travis Knight is a lot like Mark Webb, where he came out mm-hmm. with this movie, and it, like, 
blew up and now all of these like major production companies want him as a director because Mark Webb, he did uh, 500 Days of Summer. And then literally and he his second that movie, into Spider-Man. Yeah, The Amazing Spider-Man, which is crazy. Yeah, same thing right here is like, what? Uh, what was Kubo and the Tomb Two Strings? Uh, Travis Knight's first yeah. movie. That was his directorial debut. That yeah. Okay, so also interesting. So yeah, Leica also they didn't do Coraline, but they did um, Paranorman. You remember that movie? Oh yeah. Yeah. They also did uh what was the one that they just did that flopped? Wasn't it like Smallfoot or No. Um No, it was like the it was like about Bigfoot. Or not Bigfoot. Crap, what was it called? I don't remember. Apparently, they just okay, came so, out with so another they, one. They did do Coraline. They did one called Missing Link. Yeah. That's what missing, it was. That's, that's what the was. one about Bigfoot. I, yeah. Oh man, that's kind of depressing because that actually like visually visually it looked, looked really cool. so cool, but for whatever reason it just flopped. Yeah. Okay, so Travis Knight is the CEO of Leica as well. Interesting. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, oh, they did Corpse Bride in 2005. That's a good movie, too. Um, so this is not just like an indie publishing house. Or, I mean, uh, so, not publishing house, production so far they have done, house. like, the biggest things they've done, they, they did a movie called Moon Girl or some short. They did Corpse Bride. They did The Box Trolls, Paranorman, uh, Coraline, Cuba and the Tube Strings, uh, and Missing Link. Gotcha. So, so not many movies, um, but Kubo is arguably Kubo's I would the say, best one. I'd say Kubo and Coraline are two their are their biggest ones. Um, yeah, but so what? Yeah, I want to have wanted to watch this movie for, for so so long because it just looks. I don't it's know what stunning. the style is. It looks so good. It's stunning. Like it's so beautiful. Um, but also, they've got really big names in it. There's Matthew I was about McConaughey, to say, Charlize Theron, Ralph, yeah. uh, Ralph Fiennes. Yep. Uh, oh wow, they freaking have Shang Tsung from the Mortal Kombat movie Carrie uh, Tagawa or Carrie yep. Hiroyuki Tagawa. George Take- Takai is in it or Takei? Oh, yeah, I think he plays the uh, antagonist, Hosato. Yeah, I think he's the antagonist. But um, that's awesome. Dig it's it. got a really cool story. The lore is really, really cool associated mm-hmm. with this movie. And kind of like the quote unquote magic system is really, really, really dope. Um, it's essentially a hero's journey. And we've talked extensively about that here on the podcast. Yeah. But um, it's a very simple, clear cut hero's journey. And um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. It's a really good movie. It's one of my yeah. favorite. I'm reading the plot, and I, like, I, I love this. Like, I feel like I would just enjoy this so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a. I, I'm glad I didn't. Re- I kind of forgot it was stop motion, like legitimate stop motion. It is legitimate there, there, stop. There motion. is a trend to do basically stop motion, but with CG, right? And I think um, there is a little bit of CG in there. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, doing it's essentially it. like miniature sets. And stop motion and then green screen backgrounds, I think. Yeah. So I think they do like set extensions. That's cool. I, I like that. That's yeah. that definitely like I like when that's used to enhance the movie and not like make it entirely that because I'm sure they could have easily made this entire movie using CG. Oh, they could have for um, sure. But it like would not think, have looked anywhere near as good. Think exactly like think like the Lego movie, right? Yep. Which I mean, I think another animated movie that's Fantastic, and yep. I, be- I believe did DreamWorks do um, the DreamWorks or was that 
That Lego might have been Warner. Movie. I feel like it was Warner Brothers. I don't does, know why I does, think that. Well, I know Warner Brothers owns it, but did they? Did they I don't do? Know. Does Warner Brothers have their own? Okay, I think it's Warner Brothers. Just trying to figure out another like the. Okay, Warner Animation Group. It's the first film produced by them. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Man. Yeah, but that's another thing. Is animated movies have become so pop, like so mainstream now that like huge names will will come in to do voice acting for them. Yes, like, like I'm looking at. The, so you mentioned that Kubo and the Two Strings has a huge line of stars. Lego Movie, Chris Pratt, Will Ferrell, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett, Nick Offerman, Allison Breed, Charlie Day, Liam Neeson, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Like, like what a star. Animated cast. movies get. Especially from major um, production companies like Illumination with Despicable Me and oh, yeah. um, Pixar and Disney Animated Studios and Warner. They they get they bring in some famous folks to yeah. make these movies happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Kubo. I need to watch that movie soon. Hopefully it's on. I'm sure it's on some sort of service, but um, it might be on Netflix. I knew it was at one point. Um, if it's not, I'll check Amazon or Hulu or whatever. But uh, I think we need to go ahead and move on to yep. another heavy hitter before we maybe go into kind of a lightning speed round so we can wrap this up. Yep. And that would be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We had to talk about it. It was we both on to. our We both pitched a couple of movies and we chose two or three, but that was one that definitely lined up with both of ours. Um, yeah, I... This movie, I mean, it's on Netflix if you haven't seen it. I, I feel like I can't say enough about this movie or say anything that hasn't already been said. Yeah. Um, other than the fact that this was such a unique animated movie, and I never would have imagined that a Spider-Man movie would have achieved this, but how it synchronizes with the comic book style in terms of, like, uh, making it feel like you're flipping through a comic book and these like these huge poppy colors like mm -hmm. I remember like watching this movie in the theaters for the first time and, and I had already like like known what this movie was going to look like and from the trailers and stuff but not to this extent you start the movie and it has the Sony logo like it goes like the boom like and then it starts like glitching out and you're like seeing like these comic books, like the post-it stamp and all of this stuff. And I was like, Oh, what? Yeah. Like, and it's yeah. like, like the, I remember like the, the TriStar or not the, Tri the Columbia pictures, like logo, like she like turns into a cowboy and like, pew, pew, and all of I was like, Whoa, what is this? And then the, the stamp pops up, like you're about to read a comic. Yep. And then it like, it cuts into like the montage of like Spider-Man talking, which is one of my favorite movies of like literally or my favorite openings of any movies ever. Um, another movie that has a ton of stars in it. Yeah. And I think with Spider-Verse, it's so well done that if it was not a Spider-Man movie, it would have still been good. Oh yeah. So, and, and that's really unique and special. Um, Cause I don't even see it. It is a, it's a superhero movie, but yeah. it's not, I don't know. Like, it's just so well done. It's, it's like the best that Hollywood can offer. And that's not always something that has been, that can be said for superhero mm -hmm. movies. And the fact that, I mean, obviously Marvel is giving a us some of the best. Yeah. They're giving us some of the best Hollywood can give you, but 
this is the first time superheroes have kind of like gone over and transcended into animation. And it's one of the best animated movies ever, period, yes. point blank. It, it would, I, w- I would say it is my favorite. However, I'm reserving my favorite uh, for probably right right after this. Um, but it's it is my second favorite or tied with my favorite animated movie of all time, and for yeah. good reason. I I mean, I just can't get over the visuals of this movie and like it's stunning. Yeah, and it it just speaks for itself. It's a, it, like it is an entire like it tells the story so well. Yeah, um, and. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's hard to imagine that, you know, say you're back in 2002 when the first Spider-Man movie came out and you're like, yeah, so here's the first live action Spider-Man movie, which was huge. Yep. And then 16 years later, it's like this incredibly unique animated Spider-Man movie where the lead is a a black kid from Brooklyn. Right. Who is Spider-Man with all of these other spider people like Spider-Ham, Spider-Gwen. Spider-Ham uh, is incredible. Peter- <laughs> <laughs> Let's show some love for Spider-Ham. Yeah. And then Spider-Man Noir, um, Spider or Penny Parker. And then obviously my boy, Peter B. Parker. Yeah. All of these other versions of Spider-Man, which did not exist in 2002. Right, literally, not a single one of these existed, and maybe Spider Ham, I think, did. Uh, I believe he was in like some like parody like comics and stuff. But Spider Gwen, Spider Man, War, none of these existed, and then they made an entire ensemble movie right. with all of these Spider people with the message that like that has always stuck with Spider Man that is you know anyone can wear the mask, and it just exactly it was it wasn't just like this fun popcorn flick either. Like it's it was really it multi layered. Yeah, it fit the culture that we're living in right now so well because, like you said, it the heart of the movie is anybody can wear the mask. And mm-hmm. that by that, you know, that essentially means that it's not just limited to the white guy wearing the mask that we've known yeah. for forever. Which, now which it's, he is in, but like... And he's they, there, but it's, yeah. it's Miles Morales. It's, yeah. you know, they're, they're saying more than just other, you know, persons of color can play spider-man they're also saying like everyone can play spider-man they got women and kids in a pit like yeah right like like it's everything and so they're kind of subtly saying we're not limiting this character that we've known for ages as this one thing we're not limiting mm -hmm. him and typecasting him to that we're saying spider-man can literally be anything and if you tell the story in a compelling way it doesn't matter if spider-man's a freaking elephant like yeah. I will watch it, you know. Yeah, exactly. As long as you give him like real human problems, and that's the thing is they give all of these characters such depth, right? And on top of it all, like the animation just makes that story excel. And I mean, there's, dude, you think of like arguably one of the greatest cinematic moments in like that will go down in history. I I would say if when you're looking back on this in 20 years is miles jumping off the building and falling and with oh, being yeah. upside down you see this in so many cinematic like compilations of like amazing shots mm-hmm. and that one's that like you just see and you're just like you're just in awe right like you're just like, yeah like this is so powerful and it's all animated you know there's so many good shots in that movie like yeah the shot in his room um i i I'm a little bit rusty on remembering exactly what all is in the movie, but I think there's a 
is it a time lapse or something sort of thing yeah. in his yeah. room? And I was like, oh my, like to make that happen, you have to record in like 60 frames per second minimum mm-hmm. to, to make it work. And animation is usually done at like 20 something yeah. frames a second. Also, there's variation in frames per second animation in this they movie. They change it. So to fit the mood. Yeah, so like I don't, I'm sure you're familiar with. There's a um, great YouTube channel and people that I watched, Corridor Crew or Corridor yes. Digital. Um, they did a video a long time ago about this and how um, I believe. So when you're there's certain scenes earlier on where Peter B. Parker and like other characters are going at. He's like. They're shooting it at 24 and he's moving at 24 frames a second. So it doesn't look like he's like stopping. Whereas Miles only is only moving at 12. Yep. So he's go it seems like he's going like slower and and doesn't have like, you know, the the hang of things yet cuz he only just got bit by the spider. By the time he's Spider-Man, he's moving in 24 frames a second. Yeah. So he and matches it's so up. It's so subtle. Yeah. It's so subtle, you don't really pick up on it, but when it's subconsciously out you're you, like you're like, "Oh, he like he yeah, he seems like he's being a more improved Spider-Man. Like, he's finally right. Spider-Man. Yeah. And yeah. that was something I didn't even pick up on when I watched it. But no. I saw that Corridor video, and I was like, holy crap, they're right. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. so cool. There's a lot of subtle things like that in that movie that make it really, really special. Mm-hmm. It's very layered, like you said. There's so much to it. And yeah. we could probably dedicate a whole episode to that movie. But Thank God it got Best Picture or Best Animated Picture yes. at the Oscars and not Wasn't there some Disney. controversy about that too? And I don't understand why at all. I don't know if there was controversy, but there was the What was the other th- movie that was up for it? <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph 2. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I remember something about how it was like it might not win, and I was like, if it doesn't win, I'm a boy. Well, it was the thing Oscars. is because like literally you could go to Walmart and Wreck It Ralph two would set like there would be like ones that they sold like Blu-rays, and it would say like one best picture, and I was like, no, it didn't. No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> those were probably those like pre-release copies where they're like just in case yeah, we're gonna make ex- all these exactly like uh, they were that confident that they would win. Yeah, I was, no. and I was like. Not this time, Disney, which, I mean, no. clearly we don't hate Disney. We were talking a lot about them earlier, but anyway. But Spider-Verse, Spider-verse you haven't go. seen it, go watch it. You will not be disappointed. Even if you don't like comic books, I guarantee you will love this movie. Yep. Um, Let's hop into a speed round. Okay. We have to describe all our remaining movies left in under how two many minutes. Do, how many do you have? I've got one. Okay. Um, you go first. Okay. How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, fantastic. Um, so good. I love this movie. It. I, I remember watching it in theaters and being like, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. But then I watched it later and there's so much to it. And each movie, and th- this is here not just because of the first one. It's kind of like a whole, I'm giving it a little bit extra points because of its legacy as a series. Mm-hmm. Um, the first movie is really, really good, but each successive title builds upon itself so well. Yeah. And it gets so much, inf- like, it's so much better the more they're made. Like, the third, I think they made three. The third one is incredible. The first one, though. I have not seen the second or third. I only, I've only seen the first. Okay. Watch them. They're great. I will. Um, the first one is the one that kind of, like, sticks in our minds, though, as, oh, they really made something special here. Mm. And they they, they t- so did. Yeah. I, I, it's so I cool. remember there was a shot in the movie, like, I think it's, like, 
when there's a bunch of ships or something and there's like a huge cloud of like smoke cloud yes. of fog and like there's yes. dragons flying through it and even like when the when the night fury is attacking uh first off night, the night fury like, is so cool yeah until you're just like the oh he's toothless f- and he's adorable yeah i know <laughs> but like yeah. the whole concept of different dragons yeah that set in this viking world and whatnot right. like which it's obviously you're really biased cool. to um yeah, yeah. It, it it's a dope movie, and another thing that DreamWorks definitely achieved on. I think that that was also a huge landmark for animation as well. Which at the time when I saw it, I didn't think anything about it until I looked deeper into it, like you said, yeah. and was definitely blown away. But yeah, How to Train Your Dragon, yeah. um, definitely that's a good gets like well. an eight and a half, nine out of ten for me. It's yeah, good. yeah. Um, okay, so let me get into my last two. One is a movie, and one is a show, uh, which also inadvertently it was a movie uh iron giant the iron giant Mm. my favorite animated movie of all time it is a movie i grew up with and i watched religiously i adore this movie it never fails to make me cry i love the message um there the the message is the scene which spoilers if you've not seen iron giant please do directed by brad bird who pioneered the incredibles franchise and Mm. It's set in the in Maine in the 1950s during the Cold War. This robot drops in and befriends this boy, and it is just it is just I love this movie. I love this movie with all my heart. It the animation is also fantastic, and yeah, it just it the moment when Iron Giant he quote unquote sacrifices himself right. uh, to. Um, to save the town from this nuclear missile. This is all the iron giant is a movie that it made me love Superman even more because Superman's a huge part of that comic, right? He was a huge hero in the 1950s. Um, and you know, Hogarth shows him this comic of Superman and and iron giant wants to be Superman, like, like a little boy putting on his cape. He wants to be Superman. And when he's flying up into space, like, to you know to stop this missile um and he just said and you hear in the back i literally i'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it like because i've watched this scene so many times he uh he goes up and he hears hogarth say you are who you choose to be and he goes superman and like i was like like oh man I, i i can't help but just tear up thinking about it it is a movie that i i'm I was so happy when I found the signature edition of this movie in the Blu-ray bin for $5 at Walmart. I was Whoa, like, what yes, a steal. yes. I was like, I was so happy. Um, yeah. Iron Giant. So like it is top tier animation. If there's a re you know how big of a Spider-Man fan I am. I, I can't put it lightly like that. There's a reason it's over. Like it's above Spider-Verse for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love Iron Giant. Next yeah, on my list great. and final, it, it's kind of a it it's kind of an encompassing thing, but I want to narrow it down to one show specifically, okay. and that is Batman Beyond. Okay. Now, if anybody doesn't know, Batman Beyond was the, kind of the sequel show to um, Batman the Animated Series. Um, yeah, which and was, I thought you were going to talk about the animated series because you think yeah. animation and shows the yeah. animated series is I, I, like, it's, it's all like dc animated in general which i think yeah. is a huge department in it of itself so batman beyond really it's the same style of the animated series but what i really like about batman beyond 
is its different usage of colors and its aesthetic. Yes. Because it I do is, remember that. It, it has the same drawing style because it is the uh, successor to the animated series, which is just such a huge show for not only Batman, but just animation in general. And especially yeah. the movies that they came out with, with Mask of the Phantasm and Sub-Zero. Oh, yes. Like, all amazing DC animated movies. And really yep. what what I, I would say DC is still on top of Marvel is their animated movies. Oh, for other sure. Th- other than Spider-Verse, which was their their one, you know, thing. But, like, they DC comes out with a lot more frequently. And they're, and they're all, all really good. Yeah, they're all really good. I mean, like there's some that are hit or miss. Joke but under the Red Hood, movies yeah. that need to be adapted to like fit. Yeah, uh, they need to be. I don't. I, for lack of a better term, they need to have actual actors and like you know, mm-hmm. it needs to be getting real. Mark Hamill in the Killing Joke. Even though that adaptation was definitely funky because they changed some stuff around, it's just so awesome to hear Mark Hamill saying the lines from this acclaimed graphic novel yeah um especially with under the red hood just like that story is one that so, people know so good. Be, know so well because of that animated movie yep um but batman beyond he that character is one of my favorite dc characters it's superman and batman beyond i love that it's in this futuristic gotham city where batman mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore it's in a it's in like a cyberpunk Gotham, right? Yep. Which is so dope. And it's this high schooler Batman who trained, like, is trained by Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he like goes and finds Bruce Wayne and kind of like convinces him to train him. Yeah, more or less, yeah. But through some weird circumstances, he ends up bumping into Bruce Wayne and ends yeah. up becoming Batman, becoming like the protege of Batman. And he's got like... All these cool, he can go invisible, like all these cool gadgets. He can fly with rocket boosters. He has like this awesome, sleek, like flying car Batmobile that's yep. like straight up from like Blade Runner 2049. And like everybody has like laser guns and it has these awesome like pinks and purples and neon. And like his suit, his the Batman Beyond suit is dope. It doesn't have a cape. It's right. all black with this bright red logo and the mask goes all the way over his face, not just the half of it. Yeah. I'm like, heck yes, dude. It's like, so cool. Yeah. And I, I love that. And just the animation for that is amazing. They came out with another great animated movie, which is Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, which is, mm. which is one of my favorite DC animated films. Um, but that's not just, but like I said, it's not strictly Batman Beyond. It's just, the entirety of the Paul Dini um, Batman universe, um, which has become the definitive version of Batman pretty much, um, is just something truly special for animation. And honestly, what really uh, changed the game for DC's animation in general, because then they ended up coming out with Superman, the animated series and the Justice League um, and all of the other movies that we mentioned. So, um, so yeah, those are my last two. I think that pretty much wraps it up. There's still quite a few other movies that we could talk about. Like, and I'm uh, sure we'll get into them at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still a couple more that I love, like Big Hero 6. I love oh, that that's movie. a great one. We didn't even touch on it. It's great. We'll come back to it later, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's there's, about, about There's it. no shortage of animated films, but there is a... A small list of, of, even though it didn't, it felt like we were talking way more, but of, of seven projects or whatever that you want to call it that are really great animated 
um, starter points. And if you have, are not really well versed into animation and animated movies or shows, you should definitely check all of these out for sure. Yeah. Go watch any of these if you can find them. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember where you can watch them, but I think Kubo is on Netflix. Uh, probably not because any movie you say is on netflix it's not so i know (laughs) (laughs) i know that's like a common thing anyway uh if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review on apple podcasts yes that would help a lot spotify that would help us a bunch it would also help other people find rising action so that's a great way to spread the word yeah um again you can follow us on instagram at rising action underscore uh we post a lot of content there yeah, and like we said, we'll be posting the the Netflix recommendations yes. uh, very soon, and yep. you can look forward to that. We'll kind of get into some of our favorite movies uh, that are on Netflix that are available for you to watch. Indeed. You can follow me on Instagram at joshjohnson98 and on Twitter and Letterboxd at josh underscore j98. Where can they follow you, Grayson? At shredsta8 on all the respective platforms, that being Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxed. And not Facebook, because not screw Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> yes. I, I almost said Facebook inadvertently, and I had to stop and say Letterboxd, because no. I feel like people are used to saying, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nope, not the last one. Not for not me. Not Facebook. Yeah. Well... <laughs>